really good intro music. It's like, um, can we like video him doing it? And then like, can you like put it at the beginning of every episode? Sure. Wait, but he has to do it. Gabriel, do it. Perfect. Hi, welcome to What You Poppin' About, our family's tour through the history of pop culture and the non-stop arguments that fall. I'm your host, Gabriel, and with me are my brothers, Lev, and my cousin, Anthony, and my uncle, Steve. Today, we'll be talking about Gumball and other Cartoon Network shows. Hi, my name is Anthony. I'm 11 years old, and my favorite animated show is Bob's Burgers. Hi, my name is Lev. I'm 15 years old, and my favorite animated show is Star Wars The Clone Wars, probably. Hi, I'm Uncle Steve. I'm 32 years old, and my favorite animated show of all time is Simpsons. My name is Gabe, and I'm 12 years old, and I like Gumball. Let's give it up for Gabriel! Ah, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, I'm Gabriel. And before we talk about this, I am very glad to be first. You know, yes. Yeah. So, Gabe, Gumball is a show on Cartoon Network, which we'll go into later. But why don't you give the listeners a Overview and explanation of your favorite show, Gumball. Yes, thank you very much. You're welcome. How many seasons are there? Six. Six seasons in total? Mm-hmm. And, and Gabe, uh, who are the... Oh, because it's not over. Mm-hmm. Um, Gabe, what is the show about? If, if, let, it's, let's say, a, let, it's about an amazing world with cartoon and 3D getting along. And, and who are the main like characters? It's a cool world of animation with every style. Like, like, like take Penny, for example. So when okay. I first saw Penny in season one, she was literally a peanut with antlers. But in the show, Gumball told Penny to be herself, and now she looks like this. Oh, see, I'm not that far along in the show. I didn't realize that that was the same Penny as the 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 girl from season one. Yeah, actually, and see, this the show was in season three. When so, she turned yellow, uh, she turned into a shape shifting fairy. Uh, Gabe, why don't you talk about who the characters are and what the show is about instead of the yeah. Like the show is mostly about mostly about three D and two D getting along, like I already said, and it's <laughs> and it's a very good show, like with like clouds, peanuts, shape shifting fairies. Yeah. And who is it about? It's about Gumball and Darwin. And there's a ghost, a dinosaur. Now, now a, piece, Gumball, a piece of red clay that can turn into shape shift into stuff. A and is Gumball, I don't know what the principle is supposed to be. Who is Gumball and Darwin? Gumball's literally a blue cat. But yeah. Darwin is Gumball's psychic, like a, like a fish. It's but isn't Darwin Gumball's brother? Yeah. No. If you check the origin stories, he's not just a brother, he's a pet. So when Uh, Gumball got him, he like was going like crazy. And like, like after he, before he he got him, he was like crazy, putting, using bikinis as catapults. And and (laughs) then they got Darwin. But the fish keeps dying until they find this one. But they accidentally flush him down the toilet. But Darwin finds home again. And what what season was that? That that backstory was? Season four. 
season four. See, I'm not that far along. Gabriel, what is your favorite uh, part about Gumball? What do you love about Gumball? Silliness. <laughs> yes. Silliness. Yes. Yes. Very silly. Yes. And you had you had mentioned the animation before. You really liked the animation. Yeah. Anthony, you had a good point that we're, when we were talking on the phone about the animation. Do you want to do you want to say what you love about it? The animation is just so unique. Though it is mostly in 2D animation, it incorporates all sorts of different animation for different characters. Like that giant piece of clay, that's claymation. Uh, yeah. There's uh, the family's neighbors are puppets, which, yeah, uh, they use uh, 3D animation for certain characters. They also just use stop motion. Some of them are, a character is literally just what the voice actor's chin. Uh, I'm not kidding about this. Look it That's... up. Uh, Wait, tell us about it. Wait, what do you mean? It's their chin? Well, like, they kind of, like, put their chin in, like, fabrics that made it look like it was in a dress, and it, like, kind of uh... turned it down and put googly eyes on here. So uh, it kind of, like, a mouth. Yeah, it was weird. It's weird. What? What was weird? Like... That person who had it, like, there's a, like Anthony was saying, like, there's a person, and they put, like, googly eyes on their chin, and they, like, turn, put their head upside down, and then- Oh, Sussie! You're thinking about Sussie! Yep. The absurdity of it is what makes it, like, a joy to watch in the end. Yeah, Sussie is pretty disgusting. It contributes to this absurdity, and that's what makes the show what it is. Actually, um, actually, don't not talk about Sussy. He's very disgusting and ugh, gross. Yeah. Gabriel, who's your favorite character? Hmm, Gumball. Why? The way he acts sometimes. <laughs> you know, I, when I was watching it, the way he acts, I, I don't know why. I thought of Lev the entire time. <laughs> I thought of, of of Gumball and Darwin as Lev and Gabe. That was, I don't know why. It's just like, that's what it made me think of. How do you feel about that, Gabe? Do you agree? I guess, since since the old actors of Gumball and Darwin were brothers. Yeah. Can I add to, like, Gabe's, like, talking about, yeah. like, what the story is about? Yeah. So, basically, basically... Uh, I'm just adding on to what Gabe said. Uh, just like a yeah. rundown of the entire show. It's about um, this blue cat named Gumball and his um, and his uh, best friend slash brother, who's a goldfish named Darwin. And it's about their like crazy lives and school and at home with their crazy dad and their crazy mom. And they have a super smart sister who's a bunny. Yeah, I um, love her. And yeah, and so then... It's also about their school where they have like a super mean teacher who's uh, like a chimp. Her name is Miss Sibian. And um, yeah, it's basically about their lives where they go on crazy adventures in school and um, in um, and at home. My my favorite kid that they have school with is Juke. He's the crudely drawn uh He's like a radio that's on like a a, a body. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that dude. Yeah. And I also like Tina, the the T Rex. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tina. Yeah. The the family's mom is just like cool. Like she can yeah. really I like the family's mom. The family's dad bugs me. He he's just a <laughs> dummy. He's just a is dummy. That, is it because he's kinda like Tom? Wait, which Tom are you talking about? Your dad or your grandpa? My grandpa. Okay, grandpa. so Anthony's Anthony's talking about grandpa. You're talking about Uncle Tom. And I I, I agree with both. <laughs> Grandpa's a smart dude though. He reads a lot. So He does. Unlike well, your dad. My, my other grandpa does read a lot of trash novels. It's not like my dad's like a professor at OSU. <laughs> 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 Dad but flex. Don't get the show he is. I think you know when we were Aunt Matt and I were watching it this week. Um, 
and I, I had known it a little bit just through Gabriel, but Anthony brings up a good point of like the differences of animation really ties different generations together. And I, like, I'm from the era of like Johnny Bravo and Powerpuffs where it was like very, very uh, 2D, very bold lines. And this is like when they're in a grocery store, it's like an actual shot of a grocery store than these like, 2D animated uh, cat and, and fish that are interacting has, in a like, scene. The generation of like the great clay, claymation or stop motion and yeah. then, like, like modern 3D animation like all together in one absurdly beautiful mess. Yeah, that's a great word, absurd. It is very absurd and my favorite, absurd. My favorite part about Gumbo is like the changes, literally. Like what do you mean? What changes? Like, all the changes that happened in the drawings. Like, the evolution of Got the, it. the drawings. Yes, I agree. I agree. And, and like, even... What, what's her? What's the teacher's name? Miss Simeon? Yeah. Like, Miss Simeon and Tina are... Like paper mache. Well, they're, they're... I thought they were, like, computer animated. But, oh, yeah. But, yeah, they're computer animated. But even Tina looks different than Miss Simeon. Like, Miss Simeon is a whole different, like, gorillas-esque kind of style of animation. And Tina is just, like, an animated dinosaur. And so they, they play with not only, like, uh, Sketch, uh, like, the, the characters that look like Gumball and his family. Oh, yeah, uh, that, that goes. That and goes. also, plus, yeah. and also plus, and, like, and also, if you realize something in season one, not just the actors of Gumball were changed, like, were, like, changed, like, like, you'll realize, like, Miss Simeon's voice and, like, Miss Simeon's voice has changed from season, in season one and season two, or Mr. Small's. Yeah. Now, now Mr. Small's voice in season one Place Mr. Cornet, who was new in season four. I feel like Gumball, like, kind of takes the animation of Roger, of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and is like, we'll take that times a thousand, please. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We'll take that and kind of, like, uh, we'll manipulate it. Yeah, yeah. Play and photos. And Gabriel, Gabriel brings up a good point because a lot of animated shows, like Nancy Cartwright has played Bart Simpson for 30 years and it's just been Nancy. But I think well, Gumball has played... That's because like adults' voice don't change. So Like that's not all. Right. Actually, Actually, they do. That's well, not all. Like that's not all. In season five, Gumball and Darwin's voice were taken uh, again. By new voice actors. Well, yeah. yeah. Now they're now they're voiced by little characters, by little people. Well, and I think Gumball and uh, what's the uh, Gumball and Darwin? Like they're both they're all child actors. Yeah. And so, who uh hadn't gone through puberty yet, so their voice was going to change. So when they went through right. puberty. Your voice changed, so they couldn't technically be on the show anymore. They probably yeah. should. They probably should have just like gotten adult actors, though. But that's what I'm saying. Like how Anthony was saying, adult actors, their voices don't change. So usually, for continuity purposes, you want an adult actor to play a part so that nothing changes. But Gumball, the Amazing World of Gumball, takes the risk of just being like, hey. Everybody in this world knows that people's voices change. Like, my voice didn't sound like this forever. And so why not just, like, be realistic with, like, let's have child actors, and when their voices change, let's, like, play around with that character canon. Also, Dumball and Garwin... Uh, <laughs> Dumball and Garwin. <laughs> Gumball and uh, Darwin. Dumball and Garwin. Darwin. Gumball and Garwin. <laughs> Gumball and Darwin um, are supposed to be kids. And I think having kids, kid actors, like, kind of help, like, have that certain feel. Because, like, they, yeah. they know what it's like, kind of, to be in the same situations as Gumball. Well, and then they don't totally. have to find, like, like, for child actors, they don't have to find really specific ones who have high voices, like they do with adult actors. Because then they have to find somebody who can do, like, 
uh, high-ish, high-ish yeah. voice for right. kids. So it's like, I got a D minus, I passed. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> I'm getting better. I, I thought it sounded great. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I thought it sounded great. Awesome. What else about Gumball? What, what other tidbits? Gabe, what else do you like about Gumball besides how it's changed and the voice actors? What do you like about why, the story? Why? Even though I don't like season one and season two. and Wait. The, why don't you like season one and season two? Because of the end of season two, like the finale. No, don't spoil it. Well, well, we can give a spoiler warning. Okay. So, spoiler warning. In, there you go. In season two, the finale, yeah. uh, Gumball, uh, Gumball and his parents were surrounded by these angry villagers and break into their house, and then and then it just ends with a cliffhanger that never ever happens. It just ends there. It just ends there. No, they don't wait. They don't Gumball pay off on says, it. Gumbo says the only thing that can save us is reality being reset by some kind of, kind of magic device and the episode ends. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah. I hate it when like, <laughs> people well, like, I mean, restart the That's because time. the episode ended when time was reset by a magical device. That fixes the ending for Yeah, right? but that's like annoying. Like, why, uh, just like stick with like the story. Like, if you, like, when they just like undo everything you've watched. Don't really have a story. They don't really have a canon, as opposed to cartoons like Steven Universe, which has a timeline and fit canon. Gumball right. is there for the sake of just being something you can laugh at. But I would say, I would say to that point, you can also create a canon out of that kind of chaos. So, like Steven Universe, I totally agree with you, Anthony. Like. It, it does have a streamlined kind of canon. Like, Gumball, can, you know, clearly still has its own canon and its own rules, even if it's, like, a little bit more crazy than, than Steven Universe, which is funny to say because Steven Universe is crazy enough. Well, Steven Universe also... We're going to do an episode on Steven Universe. It also kind of, like, is like, the classic, like, Saturday cartoons where it's like this episode doesn't really matter, but it's just something that'll amuse you and you'll have fun with, but it doesn't yeah. really do anything. With actually like serious canon episodes like Jailbreak. Wait, Lev, earlier I didn't under I didn't fully absorb why you didn't like a certain plot line. What was the plot line again and why didn't you like it? No, just like when they reset everything that you've watched for like You've watched all these episodes leading up to the season finale, and then they just undo everything. No, it's like no. It, the fin the finale was not the season six finale. It was the season two finale. But there. Oh, wait, is, why but there's why one season six finale you'll find fin and annoying. Like so. At the end of like it's called Expeditions. You can search it up. Like, and just in the end of the Inquisitions, <laughs> Tina just beats up Rob, and then, then he just fa falls into a pond of static, and that's it. Dang, he dead. I'm, I'm learning something new that Gabe does not like cliffhangers as much. Is that right, Gabe? Yeah. Oh, no, whenever we're You're playing a game on the trampoline, and I'm like, <laughs> all right, Gabe, that's, a, that's the end, and he's like, what about the story? And then he's like, we'll pick it up tomorrow. And he's like, no cliffhangers. <laughs> he's like, I, I want resolution like, now. I feel like cliffhangers, I, I like cliffhangers if they have like a satisfying ending to it as opposed to no ending or let's just say Star Wars episode. Oh, shots fired. Wait, what do you mean? Star Wars Episode Three had an ending, like Anakin turned into Darth Vader. Like, well, it wasn't like the ending. Well, it well, was a very good follow-up, though. It wasn't a good follow-up. Elaborate. I'm interested. I thought it was a perfect. Cliffhanger means that it cuts out for a while, but there is a follow-up that does resolve things. 
How was how was Anakin's storyline not resolved, in your opinion? Well, I just feel like it was well, I feel like his storyline was resolved. It just wasn't resolved in a very good way. It was resolved in like episode six when he turned from Darth Vader back into Anakin. You guys are. This is why this podcast is so much fun. Is because. We have gone from gumball to cliffhangers to Star Wars. And it's interesting because cl- cliffhangers are, are made, like they, they started with the old radio serials, right? To, to make sure that viewers and listeners come yeah, back yeah. to your episodes, you have to leave them on cliffhangers because you want each party to be like, well, what's going to happen next? Like, what, what, exactly. what is Exactly, that's why I hate cliffhangers. I mean, what's right. going to happen next? But Gabe brings up a good point because everybody has their own idea in their own individual heads as to how cliffhangers should resolve. And so Anthony may not like how Darth Vader's resolves and Lev does like how Darth Vader resolves. That is the conversation of pop culture. Like that is the good, juicy conversations you have when it comes to just like, uh, philosophical conversations. You know what I mean? Well, just yeah. to be specific, I think that uh, the ending would be a good ending. They could just could have done it better. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, I think, think the movie was really. I have good. a question though. Do you like? Do you think it's like arc, like Darth Vader's character arc, where like it ends, like when he throws the Emperor down, like that shaft in Episode Six is bad, or yeah. <clears throat> Like, or like the end of episode three when he turns into Darth Vader. I mean, the end of episode three, I think the end of episode six is a masterpiece. Um, Anthony, how would you like that, like, to go, though? Well, I think it would be... Like, for him not to be burned? Well, I think, like... There's no wrong answer. Yeah, there's no wrong answer. The ending was late... I felt like Star the whole Star Wars trilogy would have made sense if it went from one to to nine. Uh, but because like if that happened, then three could resolve with the Leia scene. You're our only hope, Luke. I felt like well, that would that, be. But 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 that happened in Rogue One, didn't it? Yeah. Um. What? Like what? Like I feel like they arranged it pretty good. Like have like the four, five, six come out. Then one, two, three, then the sequels. The thing is, one of the biggest plot twists of all time is Darth Vader being, uh, spoilers, but like, there's no way you haven't heard this already. Are you now talking about (laughs) Star Wars? Yeah, wait, hold on, Gip. Are you Yeah, we'll go back to. Yeah, we'll go back to Gumball, I promise. I just want to say something. One of the biggest biggest plot twists of all time is Darth Vader saying to Luke, I am your father. And, um,. And, yeah, and so I watched the videos of, like, the reactions of that, and, like, people totally flipped their minds. But if the prequels went out first, one, the prequels got a lot of hate, and I don't think Star Wars would have been nearly as popular. Okay, and yeah, two, that's fair. But the whole plot twist of Darth Vader, of, Anakin, of like, Anakin Skywalker turning into Darth Vader and um, Darth Vader being Luke's father would be, like, just kind of ruined. Well, I'm just saying, like, us lear- learning, I felt like it wasn't as good as a scene, since Luke, I mean, seeing Anakin turn into Darth Vader, because we already knew that he was Luke Skywalker from the original series. It, it, uh, wasn't, it wasn't as good as a payoff as someone might like. Yeah. Because like, everybody already knew. There's, there are these videos of um, what if, like, episode one was good and what if episode two was good and what if episode three was good. And they, he, like, talks out. He, like, animates them. He do, It's on YouTube. He does, like, a pull-out. Um, he talks his way of how he thinks the movie should have gone. And the way he did it was that Anakin's, like, it was more, uh, it was more of, like, a surprise he made it so the ending of Revenge of the Sith would have been, like, more of a surprise. Like, it's almost in a way you think Anakin is, like, dead. Um, instead of, like, Darth Vader. 
So well, I'm just saying, like, us seeing Anakin turn in, turn into Darth Vader seems like kind of a useless scene since we already knew that it was Darth Vader. Yeah. And but but you you have to understand, like. Star Wars, the way it was released in history is like, you guys know that Anakin turned into Vader, but like, Lev, your dad, and Anthony, your dad, and even me, didn't know for a, a number of years how Anakin turned into Darth Vader. Like, the, the prequels weren't released until like the mid-90s, right? And yeah. so there was a, there was, for the longest time, for decades, it was just like Darth Vader. There was no Anakin involved at all. So well, I think it's interesting that you're... Yeah, I'm saying the ant prequels would, if they were actually good, would have been cool to, like, see Anakin. Before, I think they were kind of good. I think, before, I think... No, I mean, like, before he was, like, a bad guy, it, that would have definitely been cool. But to see him turn into Darth Vader seems like producers slapping on some extra runtime seems just like producers trying to fill extra runtime maybe i think the intention was always to make anakin darth vader yeah but i think to anthony's point the idea of knowing that you were going to make anakin into darth vader and knowing that you only had three movies by the time you got to the third movie, you're like, uh, okay, we got to tie up all these loose ends, and blah, 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 blah. he's Darth Vader now. Is that kind of <laughs> what you're saying, Anthony? Like, they, they, yeah, they rushed it a little the bit. Pre the prequels yeah, show a lot of important lore, but I felt like the ending to episode three, when Anakin turns into, when Anakin turns into Darth Vader, it's kind of useless since. From episode six, we already knew that he was Vader. So I felt like it was kind of awesome. A fair, a fair point. Let's put a pin in it. Let's circle back to Gumball. So the reason why I'm excited for this episode is because personally, your Uncle Steve, me, I've grown up with Cartoon Network. So Cartoon Network technically became a company in 1992, and I was born in 88. So I was four when Cartoon Network came. And so I have personally seen it evolve with all of the cartoons and the generations, but when I actually dived into the history of it, I realized how much not only does it have a running storyline with our family, but it is kind of how Cartoon Network has changed the game and always influenced kind of the animation industry uh, to begin with. So originally, Ted Turner, who uh, started this whole thing, he had um, inherited his father's billboard company. And so he got this new wealth and he had purchased radio stations that were successful and not successful until he inquired, uh, acquired a, a small TV station that was called WJRJ, which then transitioned into WTBS, to which then he launched uh, a little news station that you might know called CNN, which was a 24-hour news channel um, and answered the question of, like, why would anyone need to watch news 24 hours? And so as CNN was successful, he then decided to use the same formula to do a 24-7 content channel with cartoons because he had owned in, you know, a series of deals, he had owned kind of the old uh, Hanna-Barbera and MGM properties. And so he was trying to use that and, and kind of communicate to people that like, cartoons aren't just for kids, adults and teens and young adults, they also watch cartoons. And so with that, uh, he bought MGM, but then because of like contract issues, he had to sell MGM back to its original owners, but he got to keep some of that library. And some of that library was the Warner Brother cartoons, Looney Tunes pre 1950. 
and then Tom and Jerry that he got from the MGM cartoons. And so in 1991, while he had Looney Tunes and while he had Tom and Jerry, he also purchased Hanna-Barbera, so Scooby-Doo, Flintstones, the Jetsons. And so now Ted owned the majority of the world's popular cartoons, at least in the West. Uh, there's a new movie called Scoob coming out. I can't wait to watch it. Oh, yeah. We have to do an episode of Scooby-Doo one. And we're all watching it. I love it. Oh, I want to see Scoob when it comes during May 15th. I really want to see it. We, we should do like a... Oops, sorry. We should do like a viewing party of it. So as Ted Turner had all of these property rights, Cartoon Network was able to like play around with the formula and make their own studio. And how they did it was in 1994, they premiered their first fully produced Cartoon Network show, Space Ghost Coast to Coast, which Anthony, your dad- You mean the Moxie loved. show. The Moxie the show is the first show that came first. So the Moxie show was the first original show, but what Space Ghost Coast to Coast did that the Moxie show didn't do is that they had more original material that also tied back into the old Hanna-Barbera properties. And that's kind of the running uh, theme through Cartoon Network is- So what do you mean? Well, it's like bridging the gaps between Flintstones and Gumball, right? It's like Cartoon Network has been so so successful because they've so always. Mo- showed- so you mean the Moxie Show wasn't like the very first Cartoon Network? No, you're right to say the Moxie Show was the very first original show, but Cartoon, but Space Ghost was the first original show that like experimented with different formats and so made Cartoon Network Studios even more successful in 1994. So now get this. In 1995, Cartoon Network did this thing called What a Cartoon. Oh, and yeah, this, that's what I was literally thinking now. Yeah, and so this is where young artists got actually, to create. Actually, in What a Cartoon, there's no characters. Literally. Well, so, so young artists got to create quality shorts to see if they had any potential to make a show, which led to shows like Dexter's Lab. Powerpuff Girls, Johnny Bravo, Courage the Cowardly Dog, and even an early version of Family Guy that didn't end up being picked up. And so, yeah, yeah. And you can watch it. If you YouTube it, you can see like the early versions of a Family Guy cartoon. And so Cartoon Network saw the success of like Nicktoons and Nickelodeon, and they wanted the same idea of like mixing this old Bugs Bunny cartoons with these new creators. And so Dexter's Lab was actually the first spinoff show coming out of this What a Cartoon format, to which Cartoon Cartoons was this new wave of like improved uh, animation for the network brand. And so um, in 1996, Turner merged with Time Warner. And so now, uh, Cartoon Network had access to all of the Warner Library and not just well, pre 1950s Looney Tunes, but also DC Comics. Cartoon Network tries its goal currently is to keep loyal to old cartoons, but yep. also keeping itself modern and yep. still in, in the topic. So then when they acquired DC, now they got the Justice League. So now they got Flintstones, Jetsons, Looney Tunes, Dexter's Laboratory, and Justice League. And so now Cartoon Network became like one of the most popular channels on cable. And now that their library was outstanding, how could it get better? And in 1997, they figured out how to incorporate, what's that? Anime. And so- uh, uh, Uncle Steve. Yeah. Uh, Brian's name for in Family Guy was gonna be named Steve. No way. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. Wait, so, so was like, so was one of the anime the early Ben Ten? It might have been for sure. Isn't that kind of like an anime? A little bit. Yeah, it definitely is influenced by it. It's like um, Avatar, the Airbender. That's on Nickelodeon. No, I know, but I mean, in in that same, like, zone of uh, West animation being influenced by East animation. But anyways, so in 1997, Toonami arrived, 
And at midnight, anyone could watch uh, any anime in the West, which was new to, to America. So they could watch Sailor Moon, Voltron, Dragon Ball Z. And so then in 1992, or in 2000, a lot of the old properties like Bugs Bunny started to move over to Boomerang, which was like the retirement home for cartoons. And 2001, Cartoon Network was like at the top of their game. And so profits were soaring. They were surpassing Nickelodeon. But then they had a new leader come into play, Jim Samples. And Jim actually brought on Adult Swim. That was geared to more adult programming that they would air at like Sundays at 10 p.m. when kids would go to bed. And so that introduced Cartoon Network to sketch comedy like Tim and Eric and, and um, Rick and Morty even. And then in 2002, they had Robot Chicken was another one. So in 2002, Cartoon Network had their first movie, the Powerpuff Girls movie. And so it performed modestly and it wasn't a smash hit, but it showed good progress for Cartoon Network. So then we entered this uh, era of Samurai Jack and Billy and Mandy and Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, which was Uncle Steve's favorite show at the time. Then, so from 1992 to about 2006, Cartoon Network was like at their peak and doing so well. And then 2006, they decided to go into a different direction. And this is when they had the live action movie reanimated. Did you guys see that? Because well, like, had, Who Framed Roger Rabbit levels? It was a little bit like, yeah, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, in which they had like live action incorporated with cartoons. And so this wasn't working out, this kind of like live action era. And a lot of it was blamed on the current owner, um, Snyder, not to be confused with uh, the Snyder who makes the DC movies, but his name was Stuart Snyder because he was trying to get more live action into Cartoon Network and the formula wasn't working uh, because Cartoon Network is, you know, cartoons. And so they found themselves treading water from like 2008 to 2011 and Cartoon Network was starting to like fail and not um, uh, see as much success until they had a spiritual successor to What a Cartoon, that, that show I was talking about earlier that was like trying to figure out the next wave of creators. And that show produced not only Uncle Grandpa, but also the regular show. And so then Cartoon Network saw themselves in this new era of finding new shows. And they finally got themselves to be successful again with, can anybody guess what show in 2010 made Cartoon Network? pick back up steam. Bad. Gumball! Nope. But, but it was made in 2010. I know, but the show that got uh, viewers back to Cartoon Network was Adventure Time. Oh. No, and that was made in 2006. Well, oh. here's what's funny, is that it was made in 2006, and the creators of Adventure Time originally pitched it to Nickelodeon, and Nickelodeon turned them down. And so the creators were sitting on the show and then finally Cartoon Network was like, yeah, we'll pick up that show. And in 2010, when Adventure Time aired, uh, Adventure Time then became the most successful show on Cartoon Network. And so Cartoon Network was seeing this like renaissance period where after the live action period wasn't working, shows like Regular Show, Adventure Time, and uh, Gumball kind of brought Cartoon Network back uh, into this way of returning to its roots. And also, Anthony, let us remember Steven Universe, which was also a show that helped Cartoon Network like become more famous again. Toonami returned, and then this uh, woman, Christina Miller, is now the president. And so now she is trying to like establish, or maintain rather, the, this idea of like cartoons are for old people and young people and like every generation in between and uh, trying to enter like this new digital age. And so that to me, that like abridged history is amazing because it, it shows how through like the ups and downs of Cartoon Network, they were never afraid to try new things. Um, they were asking, you know, like young bold creators to, 
spread the rings and and they were asking new artists to like feel empowered to share their new creation and it it is why like all the way from the amazing gumball to samurai jack to dexter's laboratory to bugs bunny this through line of just respect for the animation process has like bridged generations together and i think that is very relevant to our show here thoughts i remember uh adventure time that was like my favorite show on cartoon network i, I think i'm it. gonna start i'm gonna i think i'm gonna start watching the series after i finish we bear bears that's what bailey told me to do wait gabriel you've never seen adventure time no, well, I seen it on Cartoon Network, but ah. I'm thinking ready to watch the whole series. There's a there's a funny video that we have of Gabe when he was little. It was like when I was in first grade, and I I loved watching Adventure Time. Um, there was this one episode about like tree trunks making apple pie for Finn and Jake or something. Yeah. And um, oh yeah. There's a video on Gabe. <laughs> there's a video um with gabe at the dinner table uh, um saying i want to watch apple pie <laughs> <laughs> i want to see it you have to show me it but what i loved about the history of cartoon network is it reminded me of just like how universal cartoons are in general like no matter how old you are you can appreciate what the younger generation loves and i throughout pop culture really love that idea of just like it doesn't matter what generation you are, you can love the, the same thing. Uh, Anthony and Lev, you have, <laughs> you have the next segment. Um, Anthony and Lev will be ranking uh, Cartoon Network shows based on the best animation. So let's hear it. Okay, so I have the list right here. There might be some uh, new... Like, Controversies. Yeah, uh, there might be some, yeah, and there might be some, like, a few, one, uh, that we're not going by the list, but, um, that's, like, okay, um, so, number 10, I think we should have, um, wait a minute, wait a minute, before you go, what, what was your criteria, like, what did you base this top 10 list off of? So basically, based on which one was the best in motion. Okay. Uh, love. Yeah. Actually, when when I when you were in first grade, I actually kind of remember you liking Cartoon Network so much. Like I remember you watching Gumball, Regular Show, Adventure Time, Annoying Orange, Mad. <laughs> Annoying Orange. I hated Annoying Orange. He was annoying. Like he was annoying. There was there was this um, I I remember I had a neighbor, who she was obsessed with um Annoying Orange or something, and she would play the video, and I was in third grade, and I was like, she was just playing a, a video of him being like na 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 na, and I'm be like, stop, it's annoying, and then she'd keep playing it, and I'd be like, stop. <laughs> Okay, your top ten list. Go ahead. Um, so, um, number ten is regular show. Okay. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> I think I think it kind of just goes with like it, it. It's like very like the animation is very sleek and it's like it's not like the most like kind of like that's great animation, but like you. It's like very consistent and um and yeah, it's very consistent and it looks pretty good. So okay. Anthony, do you wanna say anything? No. Number nine. Um so Looney Tunes, right? Yeah. Anthony? Oh, I remember you when you used to watch the Looney Tunes show. Anthony? Looney Tunes has gone through several stages of development. I personally think, uh, I personally think the old Hanna Barbera cartoons are the best. Uh, Why? Unpopular versus like the 3D ones that they sometimes do nowadays, but it just has gone through so much artistic development. We can't but help mention at least one part. 
And also, it like kind of made some iconic like cartoon scenes, like the guy running off of a building and then him running in air for a little bit and then him looking down and realizing right. and then falling. This. But also, I think the most iconic Looney Tunes oh, scene is the duck season, rabbit season, that to this day is still oh, yeah. cited in a lot of like cartoon conversations. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, number uh, eight. Number eight is the original Teen Titans. Oh, okay. No, boo! So, you don't like that one? I like Teen Titans Go. So Teen Titans Go is just kind of... The animation is just kind of goofy. It's just like their heads are big. It's purposely whimsical. And also, Teen Titans, the original series, actually had a storyline. Yeah. And it has action. It has like the it. It's one of those shows where it's just like it's a superhero show, so it has to have action. And anytime you can like do action that looks in a cartoon show is good animation. Who's your favorite Teen Titan? Um, Beast Boy. Yeah. Anthony. It would be Raven. Uncle Steve. I think it would be Robin. Robin. Uncle Steve. I remember when we were watching like the movie at like the. Lagrange House. We, yeah, me and you were watching like the, or like the original Teen Titans movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I still have that. Wait, do you? Yeah, it's it's in my like DVD collection. Nice. But yeah, Beast Boy is my favorite. Raven's great. She's all powerful, and Robin, of course, you know, he's yeah. iconic. And I mean. I'm not a big fan of how Teen Titans Go like made Robin make Robin out to be. He makes they make Robin seem to be like kind of like uptight, annoying. But yeah, he's Tim Drake, right? That's that Robin. Uh, Red Robin, yeah. Uh, so what was the original movie of Teen Titans? Um, I can't remember because I watched it when I was super little. But was they in trouble in Tokyo? Yeah. yeah. No, that was the last episode. That was literally a lost episode that a YouTuber told me. Like, he was going through all of the lost episodes, and the okay. lot, there was well, the lost episode that was called okay. Tokyo. So, Gabe, you can't trust YouTube for everything, especially about lost episodes. If it was, it it was. Might, well, it might have been a lost episode, but I think, Gabe, they then took that lost episode and made it into a movie. So yeah, I don't yeah. think the dude that you heard was wrong. I just think that they took that lost episode and they were like, hey, we, we have this episode. Let's make it into a whole movie. Um, and, okay, so number seven um, is Adventure Time. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. It has, it has like, kind of like, I feel like it performs whimsical, kind of like whimsical floppy body animation. It uh, when it can also it the animators also draw many things from light to dark from rainbows to vampires. Yeah, yeah. and like the animation is like very colorful. And, and yeah, that's like the essence of like kind of like the show. Um. Anyway, number six is I think the original uh first two or first two to three seasons of Pokemon. Was that yeah. Cartoon Network? I mean, oh yeah, Pokemon was Cartoon well, so Network. So I don't know if it was on Cartoon Network, but like it technically, was on Cartoon Network. Pokemon as a show was on Cartoon Network, so we're kind of using that that as a loophole. But okay, all right. Um. So, it, yeah, Adventure Time. Yeah. Or no, not Adventure Time. Pokemon. I mean, it also has like some iconic. It made like the look for a lot of iconic characters, like Pikachu. Like, I don't know someone who doesn't know what Pikachu looks like. He has, like... <laughs> we should ask Grandpa if he knows what Pikachu is. Wait. <laughs> also, like, Pokemon... Like, the Pokemons... Uh, all the Pokemon are supposed to, like, be very different and, like, look different. And they have, like, unique designs. Like, there's, like, a Gyarados, who's, like, this big snake water serpent with, like, a giant mouth. Um, who's your favorite Pokemon? Uh, Charmander. Anthony, who's your favorite Pokemon? Pikachu, he's a cutie. 
Gabriel, who's me? your favorite? Yeah, Gabriel, who's your favorite Pokemon? Pikachu, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Mine is Psyduck. I love that guy. Um, but yeah, like for instance, like Charmander doesn't look anywhere anything like Psyduck, or Pikachu doesn't look anything like uh, Blastoise. Like the, all the Pokemon's are very unique, and yeah, it, it it's like very unique and like um also like the pokeball is kind of like it's just like it's not so much as like the animation but it's like the creativity of like the characters that were like created like how they look yeah. and, like the yeah they really took the idea of like rock paper scissors and just like romanticized that into a way that has been like very uh economically successful and also very influential when it came to like pop culture yeah. all right number what number are we on number five number five is samurai jack yeah so i don't know a lot about this episode so anthony why don't you talk about it well i haven't really watched samurai jack that much but from what i've seen it looks to have a creative somewhat trippy color palette that seems yeah. to like be creative and even though it's actually pretty pretty basic drawing for each characters yeah okay um uh, i i i did watch samurai jack and to me it was the first more adult show when it came to like i love dexter's lab and i love johnny bravo and ed and ed Eddie and powerpuff girls but samurai jack like tipped the edge of being like a more adult show while also still maintaining kind of like cartoon values and the action was great. So I, I applaud you for including Samurai Jack on the list. What's um, next? Number four, four is Steven Universe. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Um, I mean, what else is there to say? It's like the characters are the characters are actually like pretty realistic human like. Yeah, but, yeah. like, they, they're shaped in, like, they're drawn in a certain way that's, like, kind of unique. And, like, and especially with all, like, the action that goes on in that show. They have, like, like, like said, If, like, you're going to have action and um, a cartoon show, it's got to be good animation or else and, like, it looks They're bad. able to, like, fit, like, part pizza pieces of lore in the background and like exactly yeah it's just amazing i don't think we have to describe no but that's exactly what I, what I was saying about adventure time that steven universe also does is that they built a canon on an already established canon like we don't know we we never met uh steven's mom but we learn about steven's mom through the story that they present and i think it's really cool when a show establishes a foundation, tears it down, and then builds another foundation on top of that. And it's like, here you go. It just shows like a really, a really solid show. I love Steven Universe. It's a good one. It's just yeah. incredible. Anyway, yeah. number three. Um, number three is the old, like, original Ben 10 when he's not an annoying kid. Because <laughs> the new ones, they, I just, okay. The original Ben 10, it, it feels like very realistic or as realistic as a kid who has a watch that can turn him into aliens. Can be. Yeah. Right. And Lev, I, Lev used to love, you used yeah. to love Ben 10. Yeah, I remember having all like the toys, like Bionicle. Like, you had, yeah, you loved Bionicle. You had the watch for Ben 10 with the different yeah. like, aliens. I brought that, that to school and everybody was bothering me when they, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, get away. But like, <laughs> like that's why I was kind of saying like it's kind of anime because like the art one of the pieces that I'm talking about is like it's art style is much more realistic than you expect cartoon yeah. network yeah I agree I okay agree. wait just clarification I did not bring a Ben 10 watch like when I was when I'm in high school I brought it when I was in like kindergarten just yeah clarification. good good clarification we were all wondering whatever um, <laughs> so wait really fast though the ben 10 for me i you know i only watched it because of you lev but i'm glad i watched it because as a superhero fan 
that like scratched my itch in my brain because it was just like, what if you had this power? What if you had that power? What if you had the power to be tiny? And I think Ben 10 did a really good job with that formula of just like, let's play with superpowers in yeah, an alien kind of like skeleton. Yeah. The aliens all look super unique too. Like, um, who is your favorite one? My favorite one um, was Jet Ray, right? Which one was that one? He was like the red kind of. Here, I'll pull up a picture of him. Jet Ray Ben 10. Yeah, Jet Ray Ben 10. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, and no. or or it was like um, Spider Monkey. Okay, yeah. number two. Number okay. two. Gumball, because as we talked about Wait. earlier, okay. it's such an amazing show that can incorporate so many different t- styles of art. Um, Agreed. Yeah. I thought Gumball um, was number ten. No, Gumball is number two. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> one do do. Okay. So okay, number so one. let me continue about. Wait. So yeah. finished your list. So number one, we already talked about Gumball a lot, so I don't think there's anything much to say. But um, <laughs> number one is okay. So this show is no longer on Cartoon Network. It is currently on Disney Plus. But the first five. Seasons, the the, yeah, the first five seasons were. Um, on Cartoon Network, and I remember watching. Uh, so it's Star Wars: The Clone Wars, and I. <laughs> yeah, shocking. Okay, if you watch, if you watch the Disney Plus episodes, like there's like this huge fight where the animation is like amazing. So like they put like body suits for like this one dude. Like they put like CG CG suits, and like they like made like Ray Park, who was like the yeah. original Darth Maul. Um. Like do like the do like his actual like do a fight with another guy, and then like they made it like animated to look like Darth Maul and Ahsoka, and they just had him fight like um, yeah, uh, and um, it's like it's like this animated. So, um, but yeah, if you watch that, if you uh, is like. If you watch Ahsoka versus Darth Maul, you'll see that the animation is amazing. Um, I have to, I have to catch up on uh, Clone Wars. I haven't finished it, but I feel like I should. It's really good. Like the last. Have you one, seen all of them? Um, no, but like I've seen like I've seen a lot of them, and like the last four episodes of the entire series <laughs> series are like some of the best Star Wars ever. But yeah. Good list. Yeah. Good list. The only thing that I feel it's missing is Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. That that is an honorable mention. I'll take I, it. I'll take yeah. it. All right. Good list. Good top ten. Yes. Well thought out. Um, okay, before we wrap up this episode, any last thoughts on gumball or animation? We'll start with Gabriel. Oh yeah! Yes, 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 yes. Give, it, give us your final thoughts, Gabe. You know what's cool? I mean, I do like Gumball Season 3, but you know what's cool about Gumball Season 1? Like, well, how they, in Season 1, there are a lot of changes, like I said. Sadly, Dodger Dare, I think, has been forgotten. And all we have to say for Dodger Dare and, but, a bit. We'll miss you a lot. We'll miss you a lot. Uh, Anthony, what? last thoughts? What are you doing? Last thoughts, Anthony, on uh, animation and or gumball in general. Well, animation can be storylined or just be absurd nonsense that is still good. Yeah. Either yeah. way, all animation has a charm, and I think Cartoon Network, some shows use the canonical storylines some shows don't and that's fine so both of those both of those styles have their bonuses and love it lev any final final thoughts on gumball or anime or animation in general um yeah so even if it the thing about cartoon network even if it does have like a storyline 
and even if like the show is like chronological and like does keep track of past episodes, I feel like you don't really need to watch those past episodes to get what's going on, you know? Right. Um, but yeah. Yeah, a lot of, you know, like Stanley with Marvel used to say every comic is somebody's first comic. And I think it's a good point of just like, uh, Cartoon Network specifically does a good job in just like any episode, if if it's engaging, then you will want to go back and watch all of the episodes before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. Anything else before we wrap this up? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Uncle Steve, how's Natalie doing? Oh, thank you for asking. She's doing great. She's in, in the bedroom reading um, scripts. Wait, what scripts? For what? Um... A lot of like uh, indie independent projects that her and her friends are working on. So cool. Yeah. Um, thank you for asking him. Uh, Gabriel, why don't you read the, the outro? Thank you for joining us today on What the Poppin' and About. And if you like this podcast, please tell your friends, subscribe, and write a review. Also, real quick, the background music you're listening to is from. 909 Music on SoundCloud. We'll be back on next week to the Zigust Darth Vader! Darth Vader! Goodbye, and goodbye. stay home and stay safe and wash your hands and social distance. Wash your hands! Bye! What's the pop in the back? What's the pop in the back?